This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Getting a little tired of sitting in this chair. This is like hour four. Oh, geez. Of me sitting in this chair today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. You I got, got them all that time. this time. Yeah, yeah. I was just a little rusty and excited last time. You know what? We've technically... Coming down off of a coffee high, which is always rough. Last episode was our first episode back in the garage in what, like a month or something like that? Like, because we mm-hmm. went to Sweetwater, we recorded a bunch of episodes there. Now we're back, baby. We're back in the garage. This is the second episode of our session here tonight. And we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're dusting off the old podcast rig, yeah. finding our sea legs again. But anyways, we've got an Feels ad good. here from Stephen Mortaboys. Mortaboys? Mortaboys. I don't know how to pronounce that. Mortaboys. Mortaboys. Morty Boys. From Steve Morty Boys, he sent this ad, and this thing is wild. This is an Urbanet Crackpot spinning plush modded electric guitar. So this is doing like the uh, uh, the ZZ Top. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, there's actually a little video that I included in here. Oh, you found it. There you go, spinning it around. Look at him go. I have to admit. That does look like a good time. <laughs> I do want to spin a guitar, spin our guitar around like that on stage. What Maybe it, not what? a Les Paul style guitar because you know the headstock could snap off at any oh, moment. So the strap is connected to yes, the turntable like thing. Turntable thing. Yeah, that's how that's it works. Wild. And what is this? A this I mean, is that some kind of like is wrapped in fur. We didn't even mention right. that. <laughs> This whole thing looks like a Muppet. The fact that it doesn't have Muppet eyes for the knobs is a disaster. Like, that's the biggest problem I have with this thing. It's also the, the really fur, unique fur. The fur has a little pocket, so if you use a wireless. I know. Well, why would you want to do it that way? You have to use a wireless because you can't spin it and leave it plugged in. Oh, that's yeah. really smart. Yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> Because otherwise you'd get this cable tied up in your uh, in your lazy Susan situation that's pressed against your belly. All right, it's so, clever. So what is this? Is this like a groat? This looks like a groat. It to looks me. grody, or it might be like a Harley. <laughs> grody. It, look, it might be a Harley Benton or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's some sort of uh, you know three hundred dollar Les Paul shaped object Maybe f- that they've wrapped in fur. It looks like fried chicken. The texture of the fur from a distance, it looks like this well, perfectly crispy piece. Here's what I can tell you, Ryan. Fried chicken. This is not fried chicken, and you want to know why. Why? Because this is in Franklin, Tennessee. Mm. So it's the wrong color for Nashville chicken. Right, right. It would have to be bright, 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 dark yeah. red. Yeah. Bright and dark red. 
all at the same time. That is such a great description of Nashville hot, the color of Nashville hot chicken. Because it is like intensely red, but it's also dark with red, right? It's like a color that you've... it doesn't make sense to describe, but clearly it is. That's it is what it is. Flashing warning, flashing, red, but then just dark with red, like blood red, but also like the most electric red you've ever seen on food in your life. I think we should film. Um, I think we should film. Okay, let's film right now. <laughs> uh, I think we should do. Uh, we should do. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of hot ones lately. I wanted. Want to do one of those? Apparently, you want to do one of those? Apparently, apparently, get in the frame, Steve. Uh, Look at you. you. What you do is you hold onto the side of the table and you I and like you pull it. yourself over. Yes, yeah, your safety corner over there. Uh, 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 supposedly, according to the internet, wow, that we're talking about chicken. Now um, of- that Buffalo Wild Wings we had, though the hot, the hottest wing uh-huh. was like a three hundred thousand Scoville. Once you start getting up there, like it's all the same. It's all like, yeah. how do you even measure that stuff? I mean, I got three bottles in the fridge of really, really hot stuff. If you want to go grab one and go Not on right an adventure now. right now, Not right now, you want it? You want to live the wildlife, Steve? No. Go get yourself the bomb. It's in there. It's in the well, fridge. Well, everyone hates the bomb. No one likes. Do you like the bomb? The Apollo sauce is really good. It's do really you like hot. the bomb. It's it's torture. Yeah, every, it's, it's every, rough. Even the people, like the people, even the people who are on the show, right. Like there have been a handful. Lord is one of them. Jenna Ortega is one of them who like are just seem impervious. Like Jenna Ortega was actually kind of boring when she was on Hot Ones because she was just completely unfazed. Right, right. The entire time. But I, part of and we're talking about a spicy yeah. food YouTube but, channel but, now. Part of me is like, is is that just actors showing off their acting chops? They're like, I can go in and I can act like I'm unfazed because I'm an actor. Maybe. I think that's what it Lord's is. Lord's not an actor, though. Lord is a singer. Sure, but maybe she just likes spicy yeah. food. The, the the point is, is that all of those people even like they have the have the bomb and they're or the the bomb, right? Right, right. And they're like, that was gross. Why would anyone eat this? No, to- well, that's what happens anytime, like not anytime, but a lot of times you push in push into the super super intense heat. Mm. It's just all extract, and yeah. it just tastes like. It, it tastes bad. It tastes like a chemical. It doesn't yeah. taste like food anymore. Like we, we've got a, a hot chicken place here called Dave's mm-hmm. and the, the extra hot, the hottest variation. Yeah. Yeah. It's hitting the heat level, but it's not good, but it's not good. I've never, okay. It is not tasty good to know. Yeah. Well, they, well it cross, like the hot level is good, but it crosses this barrier getting into the intense extra, extra hot or whatever. It's like, no, it's, it's not, it doesn't taste good right. anymore. You know, it's got the heat, but it's not yummy. But anyways, we've got a spinning furry guitar here. $600. Oh, man. You're paying for the gimmick? I don't know. I don't know. $600. Probably a Harley Benton. I want to spin a guitar. You know that this is like 10 hours of work Mm -hmm. to to wrap a guitar in fur. That's fair. So it's like, if, if you want this... If you're trying to do the ZZ Top thing, $600 is probably your cheapest dollar and time investment possible to get into trying this. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's probably a $300 guitar in there. You're not paying for the guitar. You're paying for the experience of having a guitar spin around like Mm -hmm. crazy. Which sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. It's a really cool stage gimmick. 
I kind of like, I wish this was two separate guitars, like one gimmick per guitar, please. A spinning guitar and a fuzzy guitar, not a fuzzy guitar that is a spinning guitar. Unless you have a Muppets right. band. If you've got a Muppets themed band, like this if is you have it. a Muppets themed band. But sure. also like maybe the pictures don't really show the color well. It's kind of like a golden shag carpet kind of color. I wish it was a more fun color. I wish it was yeah. like Muppet colors, like bright blue mm-hmm. or like if it's going to be yellow, like a neon yellow, like just full saturation yellow. It's a bit of a dingy yeah, yellow. That's a Harley Benton headstock. Yeah, yeah. Well, Harley Benton headstocks, there's other brands that <laughs> do similar headstocks. Well, do they do the logo? The, 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 that's like a Harley Benton diamond. Okay. That's well, then it's saying. a Harley Benton. All right. I mean, it's... I mean, they, I mean, maybe they, other companies get knock made, that off. I yeah, I, I think I think you'd be surprised. I think there, there's probably a bunch of brands doing that same sort of thing. <laughs> but I want to know what is this? Just is this like um, is that an off the shelf part? You know, is this like a drum seat? Like they like chopped up a drum seat to make this work? Like how does this work? All right, let's see what happens if we Google guitar spinner. I'm sure there's a lot of ways to do it, but what is this way to do it? You know what it looks like? It looks like a military canteen. <laughs> or not a military canteen, like a camping canteen. It kind of does. <laughs> With the uh, straps on the side and everything. I'm getting a lot of results for fidget spinners oh. <laughs> being used to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no idea if this is an off-the-shelf uh, guitar product. I have a feeling it is a repurposed, like, Harbor Freight thing. Yeah that they've bolted to the back of a guitar, but maybe not. Maybe it is an official thing. Who knows? It's actually a buffer. It's a buffing wheel. Yeah. That they've just it coated could in just this stuff. Be a lazy Susan that they wrapped in foam yeah. and, and fur and stuff like that. It does it. The way that it has the metal clasps on the side makes me think it's not an official product like no it looks like a home depot build sort of situation I think this whole thing is somebody had an idea that's why i said like maybe it's like a drum throne or it something looks like it looks for a fur wrapped guitar that has a spinner on the back it looks fairly well done i think the the addition of the little patch of pubes on the headstock is probably my least favorite part but i kind of get it <laughs> <laughs> that is a description. Yeah, it's you know, it's just it's a little little patch up yeah, there on the headstock. It's a little merkin. Yeah, there's a little merkin on the headstock. Absolutely. I don't know what what do you guys think? I think it's fun. I think it's a. I think it's something to talk about. That's for sure. I yeah. kind of wish they'd put the pocket for the wireless unit somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Almost like put put a compartment in the back. Right, for the, the wireless. The back seems like an obvious place to do it because you already have to like gap out anyway for like the spinny part. Like I'm saying, like r- like cut wood out mm. and then mm. have a little Velcro thing that goes over and right. you just hide it in there. You know, because gotcha. the it, that pouch underneath the lower horn there it kind of messes up, up the the outline of the guitar. It it's a little bit visually distracting to me. I, I wish it wasn't there. Honestly, and look, looking at it from the front, I don't think I would have noticed it. Maybe it was an afterthought, 
Maybe like, oh shoot, we can't plug this in and spin right. it. Now I've got to like, I've got to sew this little pocket here or something like that. I just feel like there would have been a better place to put it. Yeah, you shave a spot and then you can just Velcro it onto the back. You don't even also, necessarily need to cut cut into the wood. It's a wireless plug. Why are they doing the extra steps here to put a cable on it? Just leave it plugged into the guitar. That's true. Out of the output jack. I think they're overcomplicating the situation here with this uh, wireless dongle sort of thing. All right. Uh, 600 bucks they wanted for it? Yes. I can't tell you no, but I'm definitely not going to say go get it right away. Like, you got to figure that out for yourself. What do you guys think down in the down in the comment section? Let us know what you think this guitar is actually worth. And tell us what the first song you would play on this guitar is. Right. <laughs> I wish one would come to me, but I have no suggestions. Uh, round and round, rat. Ah, there you go. Hanging around. Yeah. Uh, counting crows. You spin me right round, baby, right round. No, no, that's like a, good a record, one. baby. Uh, also round here, counting mm. crows. <laughs> Come on, baby. Do the twist. Like you twist with it. Like mm -hmm. is, is that a mm -hmm. technical twist? Hokey pokey. Uh, hokey pokey. Something like that. I you know, like you don't need to do spinning or twisting themed songs. Just the spectacle of like you play a part and like woo woo and it comes back and lands in your hand mm -hmm. in between parts and stuff like that's that's a good stage gimmick. I, I I'm signing off on that. I well, it doesn't have to be a themed song. I want to know what they would play. I'm just saying. I know. I know. If what I was a good guitar play? player, I would play round and round. But I'm not, so I mm. I won't. It but I would. Hard. It probably isn't. It's probably you know three chords as as the base of it, and then there's a there's a shreddy lead lead part that is hard to do. You know what song would be really fun to play on this guitar? What uh, is round and is round. Uh, yeah, you know it's got to be a uh, chuggy thing. The Ghostbusters theme. I've got a new drug. Mm, That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love the I love the Ghostbusters theme. I've got a new drug. Yeah, yeah. I've got a new ghost. <laughs> 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 All right, should we keep moving? Uh, yeah, this is a part of the show where we talk about housekeeping. Housekeeping. Uh, Let's sweep up in here. Yeah, if you want to help support the production of this program and other things here on the channel, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle homecast, where for as little as $1 a month, you can or contribute as many as to $1 million a month. That would be a lot. Imagine. Send it to us directly. I can't it help us skip the fees. Okay, at, at let's, let me think about this. If somebody sent us a million dollars on a Patreon. No, just a million dollars. Okay. Right. Uh, and then Patreon is going to take their cut. What's their cut? Like 30%? Uh, I don't think, I don't know if it's that high, but it is, it is, it's, it's not free. Not. It's, it's it, not free. I think it's like 10%. Yeah. And so then the, then, and the tax man, tax man is going to come for us. Yeah. And then we're going to split that. With the uh, with the with the sixty cycle hum fund, so I could pay off like half of my mortgage at the end of this whole. That's all I was trying to figure out. I think I could pay off my house. Okay, I could pay off. You send us a million dollars, I'm going to pay off my house. Nice. I'll yeah. pay off half my house. Yeah, there we go. Because I only got my house like a year ago, so I got I got, I got, I got a lot more. I got my house bottom of the market, baby. I'm what's called new rich people who just <laughs> spent their money 10 years ago. Uh, but yeah, you can help make this legitimately. What it does is it funds some fun projects for videos like 
the uh, TC Electronic, uh, what's that, 65? The Combo Deluxe 65. Combo Deluxe 65. I also use Patreon money to buy the SX. Uh, uh, you can't even see it. I'm oh, in the way. Can. There it is back there. It's hang, hanging right behind me. The the Liquid yeah. is the model. That that series of videos was funded by the Patreons. Yep. I'm going to get some affordable pedals next. Neat. With Patreon money. Maybe it's, I've even, maybe I've already done it by the time this airs. Yeah, this is, this. we're recording this like, Three weeks, three weeks ahead of time. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so that's that. Uh, that's, um, I guess that's all I got to say about that. That's all we got that's now. That's all I have to say about when that. When will this episode air? Will it be August? I don't August? know, man. Will we, will we? Figure it out later. It'll be end of July or early August or something like that. Who knows? It'll, it'll be hot. It's warm right now, but it'll be hot. Yep. When this airs. Um, Just saying. But we already had that conversation last week. We did. Yeah. It's still going to be hot. Five uh, inches from the midday sun. This episode is brought to y'all by a few different brands. One of those brands is Under My Roof. Under My Roof. So uh, tell can, us about Under My Roof. The, it's a big app. It's a big app. It does it's a, a lot of things. big app. Uh, it's an app for your phone. Unfortunately, only available on, on iOS at this point. iPhone, iPad, and Mac available in Apple's app store and the mac app you can just go to does your uh under my roof dot app does your doing? mobile device have one of these things on it then this sponsor is for you uh but you can do a lot of things you can build an inventory of all the important items in your home including your guitar collection mm-hmm. uh photos receipts serial numbers so on so it, it acts as a safety it's putting it all in one place uh if you're in the if you're in the apple verse for lack of a better term like you can, I believe, share between all your devices on the same app through uh, through iCloud. Uh, it's an app for keeping track of all, all your kinds of stuff you, and keeping all your stuff updated. Like we were saying last episode, yeah. like, hey, you've got, you know, 15 guitars in your collection. You can keep track of the last time you changed strings on each yeah. one of them. And like, oh, I changed strings on this date. Oh, I trusted, I adjusted a truss rod on this date. Oh, I swapped pickups on this date. And these were the old pickups. The, and the these pick were the up, new pickups. The pickups thing would be really useful because like I have at least three guitars that have aftermarket pickups in them. And I, at this point, like I did the work so long ago that I don't actually remember yeah, I don't the remember. jacks, the jacks thing I I know has a JB in it, but I don't know where my fender uh, or my Seymour Duncan SSL one is. I think it's in my Telecaster. Mm. Uh, and then I, the Les Paul, I opened it up once. And so I know that they're, some kind of Seymour Duncan, but I don't know which ones. So those are all things that I should have written down. And if I had this app, I could have just put that information there. You can put all kinds of collections in here, though. It's pretty cool. You um, can keep track of your pantry. Yeah, you can. Uh, hey, do I have do I have a, a chicken noodle yeah. soup downstairs in the pantry? I don't have to go downstairs to check. I'll just check my app. Yeah, we're running low. Maybe you always want to have a stock. When yeah. was the last time I bought milk? How old is my milk? Mm-hmm. You can I mean, that's it. got an expiry date on it. I don't, but how you many have to really stay on top of it? You have how to many keep rec- updating how many records do you own? How many records do you own? You can keep track of your what records you have, you right? Can keep pedals, track of all kinds of stuff, pedals, yeah, cables. Uh, you want to keep track of all your cables? Your, where'd you buy your Picks. couch? Buy your couch, you take a picture of the receipt, you're done. You don't have to think about it anymore. Hey, how many picks do I have? Every time you get a new pick, you add it into your inventory, yeah, yeah. So check it out. It's uh, undermyroof.app. Uh, it's super useful. You can try it just to like get should, a feel for it for up to 10 items. I think we should for keep free. this sponsorship going at least 10 or 15 more minutes. Just like keep talking about it. I mean, I was trying to finish. 
But if you want to keep talking, yeah, yeah about let's it. talk about other stuff. You can put. Like, get, get pets. Like, I got a, I got a bunch of goldfish. I probably got like 30, 40 goldfish. I should. You like, could inventory, do inventory on all the goldfish. goldfish. Yeah, yeah. Um, a uh, big feature I mentioned the iCloud thing is uh, they're committed to privacy, so they're not getting any of your data. That stays between you and whoever has access to your. So iCloud. They, you know that you have all this stuff. They but don't they know don't. that you have all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Uh, it's it's pretty affordable, honestly. It's twenty five bucks a year if you decide to go all in. I mean, if I can try if, it out, if you absolutely, definitely need to keep track of all the stuff in your life, twenty five bucks a year, that's like two bucks a month or whatever. It's like, like two dollars. It's I think it's two dollars and eight cents is what it works eight. out. I did that math in my head. Good job. Yeah. It's late at night and I did that and it's hot. So uh, this episode Just is saying, also <laughs> brought to you by. String Joy, manufacturer of Oops All G-Strings. If you want to order a set just like this, then you're wrong. You shouldn't do that. I am going to be putting this set on my Les Paul at some point in the near future. I might have already done it. I can't wait to, to hear what it sounds like. I can't wait to feel it. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to just laugh and laugh and laugh because it'll be the stupidest thing I've if ever you, done. Here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Say it, Steve. If you have a like a little bit of just fun money, mm. buy yourself a set of Oops All G-Strings. You know what? Try to outdo me. Get yourself an all set of uh, Oops All D-Strings or mm. Oops All E-Strings. There's a wild Oops, weekend for you. Oops, all Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. Not, not the, not the bright, skinny little E's. I'm talking about the fat, thick E's. Thick E's. Yeah, the thick E's. All right. Yeah, I'm talking about thick with six E's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. This, uh, this next. Go guy. over to Stringjoy. Check out their custom set builder. Oh yeah. You can yeah, build yeah. any kind of wild and ridiculous set that you want even though it's not a smart thing to do don't do this don't the, do this the link in the description is tracking and if you use code h-u-m at checkout you'll get 10 percent off and we'll get a little money too because it's yep. an affiliate link all right so thank you this next ad was sent by what <laughs> by what i don't know how to pronounce oh this. yeah this is a, i i uh, had a tough time typing this i name. think it's sheedy and shuddy I think the case. I'm going to say the case. This is an Epiphone SC450 model, uh, also known as the scroll the scroll model. This is a Japanese-made uh, Epiphone made in the Matsumoku factory during the second part of the 70s, uh, namely from 76 to 79. The previous owner had the body of this guitar recut and revarnished, giving it a unique look. Uh, what That's not I the pick. That's not the pick. What I know, I know. What I just read was the previous owner had the body of this guitar recut and refarnished, ruining the guitar. What were they going for here? You know what it kind of looks like? It kind of looks like one of the, like the wooden crests that you'd put. You know like, what it deer looks like? On. Is it looks like the HS? What a, was it? HS Anderson Apple guitar that they had at Sweetwater. Oh yeah, kind of does, huh? Yeah, it's that. It's like a. It's like a mini alembic sort of a thing. Are, you know what? It's, honestly, the shape isn't bad. I just think the scroll is no, very superior. The scroll was so much better. The scroll was so so much better than this. Maybe maybe something maybe part whoever of it. did this is the same person who's out there mangling all the 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 Mustangs in the seventies and the eighties, like. I I get they I trimmed get, all of the German carve off. 
I get not wanting that big flamboyant upper horn scroll that is on the Epiphone scroll. I, I, I can wrap my head around that. I can wrap my head around someone saying, you know what? I, this is a little bit too much for me. It's a little bit too flamboyant. Let's reshape that top horn and just make it a double cut. I could totally see someone make, remaking this into a double cut. But neutering both horns, the upper and the lower, like the 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 point shape at the bottom there, like it is what it is. Like it doesn't really bother me that much, I guess. I would have preferred the original shape. I mm-hmm. guess I see what they were going for now. Oh, it just hurts my heart that they deface such an already unique and interesting guitar to be something that it just looks like a well. They've made weird, it weird, smashed up tulip. They've made it more unique. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's less interesting now. Like more unique does not automatically mean more interesting. I feel like this is like. I am definitely less interested in this guitar now that it is the way it, that it is. You're going to see the pictures rotating through here. The picture that you grabbed here, I think, is actually an SC550. Uh, this, oh, because this it has one. the wraparound instead of... Yeah. yeah. But it's the same series. It's the same general body shape. Yeah. Well, I'll grab a couple other photos of a scroll. <sighs> like, I'm, I am seeing this shape in here that's like you could... you would. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, a piece of wood that you could mount a deer head or antlers to or something like that. There's a bit of a crest shape to it, but not enough for me to go like, oh, here's an interesting shape. Like, I don't think there's really much interesting going on with this new shape right. that they found. The pickguard, I don't... Is that like an acoustic guitar pickguard that they repurposed? Like, I don't know. It's got a weird sound hole cut in it like i don't understand why that pick guard like i don't think that was ever part of any original it does kind of look like a acoustic pick card that was recut yeah or maybe not even recut this just like we have this it fits here so let's put it here oh man it's such a bummer it does look like clean work though relatively you know that i think there is a picture of the neck joint yeah here it is right here and, you know, it looks like clean work. Whoever did it, yeah. they made yeah. it nice and smooth. It looks like your standard, you know, Gibson quality control here. <laughs> Yikes. This is an Epiphone, though. I know, I 70s know. 70s Epiphone. It's a 70s Japanese Epiphone, too, yeah. which makes us extra sad. I actually, when I first started playing guitar in my first years of being a guitarist, I ran into one of these in, like, a really unlikely place. It was in a music shop. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I know. I know. You were in a music shop and you found a guitar? But it was in Big Bear. Okay, but you were you were in it a was, music shop. No, but it was like, why is there a guitar shop in Big Bear, California? Which is like a tiny little ski resort town. There's really no reason for anything other than gas stations and restaurants to be there. And there was this little guitar shop there that was, it felt like just someone's used collection. Like there wasn't a lot in there and I just walked all through right, and right. I saw one of these scroll guitars and I was like, whoa, that's, I've never seen anything like that. I'd only seen like five different types of electric guitars at this point in my life. So well, that's not a Stratocaster exactly, or a super Stratocaster or a Les Paul. What is this thing? And I always, I don't remember what they were charging for it, but I always like just kind of wished that I had borrowed money and bought it 
you know, I, I think it was with a church group or something like that. Like I have a, in my memory, it was like two or 300 bucks or something. All right, Ryan. Yeah. What do you think is the current population of Big Bear Lake, California. Well, that's tough because it's going to be the surrounding area. No, no, that's the city of Big Bear Lake. Oh, just the city? Just the Ooh, city. Boy, we're geography podcasting. Here Bear we go. Lake. Uh, I'm going to, I am going to guess this is people who live there full time or there's this housing for them. This is the census population uh, in 2020. 1,500 people. So I think this number is much lower than I thought it was going to be, but it's significantly higher than what you think it is. Really? It uh, In 2020, the population was 5,046. See, I, I, I bet they're counting like cabins and stuff that are further away from the lake, and I don't have a good bead on how much is actually around there. Big Bear Lake is an... Oh, this is really interesting, actually. Big Bear Lake is an incorporated city, so it has defined city limits. But the unincorporated community of Big Bear City has a population, which this is what you're saying, like, well, what's really Big Bear? Uh, the So the area of Big Bear that's not the direct city of Big Bear Lake uh-huh. has a population of 12,800. 12, right, that tracks. Because it gets down the mountain and all these little side roads and stuff like that. and all these, There's just like this all these cabins and stuff back there. It's, it's, it's the ski resort that's immediately outside of Los Angeles. So yeah. like, there's a lot of people in the area. There's that's a not a surprise at all. 32 square mile. But I'm thinking area. about, I'm thinking about the, the, the strip, the, the strip and the loop that goes around the lake. Like mm-hmm. that can't be 5,000 people. Apparently it is living there. A lot of those are rentals. All right. Apparently. All right. Apparently. I guess so. All right. I don't know. What, what What do you think? I thought you were going to drop on me what the current value of an unmolested uh, Epiphone uh, Why would is. I want to do something like that? Yeah, something on topic. Uh, Epiphone scroll. It's a race. Uh, on Reverb, $872 for a SC350. This for guy this wants fi- more? For this finish, we're looking at $1,500. Oh, okay. Um, for a 450, but this guy wants 900. No, 900 is too much. Why get a nine? Why pay 900 when you can get one uh, that is minty, except for the fact that it has, excuse me, a set of quad rail pickups in oh, of it. Of course, you can pay 2300 for that puppy. Good grief! Are we? Why would you s- put quad rails in this? Are we going to see a nostalgic return? To this style of build, like from I your Epiphones or Gibsons, and like a, a return to that 1970s aesthetic of like the sandwiched woods and stuff like that, with mm-hmm. the you know like the purple heart stripes through it and things like that. That is a bit of guitar nostalgia that hasn't been milked in a long time. Oh, you know what? It'll be interesting to see, like, kind of like Carvin was in that space a lot this one in the 90s. This one that's cheaper, the 350 model is a bolt-on neck, so that might be why it's cheaper. I don't, I, I have a really tough time, because you're, the reason to buy a scroll is because of the scroll. Mm-hmm. There, the, there's not going to be a lot to influence your purchase 
other than the scroll. The no, shape the, of it the, is the thing that you're buying because otherwise you're just you're, you're going to buy you know, an LP junior or something yeah. like that. And because they did this Marauder point in it, like it doesn't even feel like it's an Epiphone anymore. It's right. just, it's just how, what do they want for this? 900. I feel like it's gotta be closer to five. I can't, I, I think that, Oh, and this is all. Well, so part of what might be driving the price on this. Also what pickups are those? Is this like, is, those aren't original pickups. They can't be. This is in France. It's in France. So I'm the, not driving all the way to France to buy this guitar. So it's actually going to cost you almost $1,100 to have this shipped. Um, okay, Steve, you talked me out of it. I'm not going to buy yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I think for $1,000 for a minty one, you're you're on the high side of like acceptable. But in this shape, you know what I want? 500, maybe 600, but like you said, the pickups, what the hell is going on here? Those probably aren't original pickups. Let's mind. Ex- definitely not, right? Let's mind experiment. Let's build a modern Epiphone phone Dude, did you, did you look at this, at yeah. these pickups? It's got Phillips head screws. Yeah, for that's the, what I'm saying. For the, for the pulp, There's for the some, slugs. They're either the some, some cheap, weird eBay pickup or there some like boutique pickup that we just don't know about. No. They're, they're not the original pickup. Let's, let's, let's mind experiment and build a modern Epiphone scroll reissue. Like we, we could either go like Epiphone SL where it's dirt cheap, like it's a budget thing, no. or we could go into like an $1,100 Epiphone. I'm thinking $900, $900, either nine, either eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Give it, put it. Uh, are you going to do uh, tunematic or are you going to do wraparound? Uh, I'm going to do tunematic. I'm going to zig on that zag. I'm going to go tunematic plus big speed. Uh, the scroll plus a big speed, that would be a fabulous looking guitar. That would be very, very funky. I think it. Let's talk, let's talk finishes. Because the natural, obvious. You got to go natural. natural. You have to have a natural yeah. option. But what would be some mm-hmm. other good finishes? I feel like white, as boring as white. it sounds. You got to do natural. You got to do white. I think you got to do. We white. need a color. Possibly worn mahogany. Because uh, that wal- turn- one of the original colors was, was all- walnut. Um, and then, yeah, a color. It's tough. I'm, I'm trying to think if of like different Gibsony metallics. If you want to go classic color for this, it's it's that like medium blue that like the Gibson yeah. M3s they did. I don't like that in my head though. Yeah, because it's not a good color. Here's what I would here's what I would do real quick on this. I would spec this out as a Epiphone Les Paul standard, which is a seven hundred dollar guitar, and basically what you're paying for is the uniqueness of the body. And maybe you do dot inlays. Maybe you do. I think you do dot inlays. So maybe you can knock it down to seven ninety nine. I want that Bigsby. <laughs> well, I want you, this one that Bigsby. Maybe you sell. Well, I don't think you could like sell enough of them to do two options. So maybe the Bigsby is what gets you back up to eight ninety nine. I want it with a tunematic, and then I can throw a uh, a doozy trim on there. Mm. You know, mm. or I could do a vibramate and throw a Bigsby on there. But you know what? Uh, Epiphone um, Epiphone has... You know what would be kind of neat? What like would be kind of neat? A black sparkle finish. 
It's black. You get that, that that black scroll look, which is is pretty classy. Or like like the a mahogany, like you were talking about, like a dark mm-hmm. furniture mahogany, where like the finish is settled into those German carbs a little bit and get, makes it a little extra dark in there. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it needs a pick up pick hard to to break it up a little bit too. But that's that's a me thing. What about what about that like a uh, Newport base color? That orange, could they do that? Oh they yeah, could do that one here. That would be that would be really wild. So that, that so, was a, that was like that sunset orange or whatever. Yeah, that was would be something crazy. Was it something coral? Okay, imagine it bright orange like that mm-hmm. with double white humbuckers. Ooh, open coils. I don't know. This, you can't do the double white though. I know. They would have, yeah, I know. California zebras, coral. Though. That's the Cali- zebras would be good. California coral. Here's your colors right here. They've got a sunset. Do you do the same colors as the Newport sunset yellow, mm. cherry, California coral? The cherry's going to be that. Cherry's going to be your classic natural. That's going to be your natural. Um, and the thing is, is Epiphone's already kind of set up for this resurgence because they've done the Newports, they've done the. Um, the the amoeba what do they call it the uh, wilshire yeah 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 like they've kind of been rolling this stuff back out so we need the scroll and maybe one of those like et uh was it like the et 270 maybe something funky like that what did that look like i think it's the et 270 i'm thinking of um oh are you looking that one up now it's a race or is it the 290? I don't know. Yeah, this thing. Oh, that'd be cool. You bring back this one and the scroll in the same series with this with similar color options. Yeah. The scroll becomes your Ooh, tuna. Like Univoxy thing. Yep. And the scroll becomes your your hardtail and the ET270 is you you probably can't do this trim because this trim I think is kind they of They could suck. put they could put the Wilshire trim on there. You could put the Wilshire trim on there. It wouldn't be totally correct, but they're not gonna do that weird like offset trim that that, that one yeah. has. It would be cool if they did if they redid uh, the hardware for that. Yeah. Ah, oh, now you're getting me excited about Epiphone. Epiphone, let us know when you uh, want some uh, Epiphone. Call some us business development on your Epiphone, <laughs> or send us an Epi email. Steve, <laughs> oh, you remember which one that was? No, I was. I just guessed. <laughs> All right, it, I'm right now. I'm feeling like this ad is going to win it, unless the S, next ad really. Oh, hits some, it. something from uh, I did want to say something from uh, a previous episode, real quick. I'll make a note of the time so, to make my life easier later. Okay. Yeah, when you push the button again, it stops. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Steve just wanted to know. <laughs> no, no, I already knew because I tested it earlier. Right, right, right. Okay. All right, uh, what's new, Ryan? Ooh, what is new? Jeez. <sighs> I, I can't think of anything new right now. I mean, it's hard because we're recording this so far in the past, like three weeks before this epiphone, episode, Epiphone's ever going <laughs> to Well, what's, what's new for you right, right now in this now moment? In, present, in the recording present time. 
man, I'm just living my life. I'm just trying to enjoy the summer. I'm just trying to get uh, you, I, every week I'm working towards trying to get like a Friday off. Oh, wow. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. I think it's going to happen this week. I think I'm, I think I'm going to the Feeling beach good. this Friday. Feeling I, good about I, it. We record on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I, I'm geared up to edit the podcast tomorrow and maybe edit something for next week. And then Friday, I think I'm going to be able to take the, take the day off and then uh, i mean i can say it now uh because this is going to air so far in the future right monday tuesday i'm working hard on that demo for the orange amp that i've had here i don't get to keep it yeah i don't get to keep it maybe that that detail will change as things develop but probably not i've been playing around with this orange amp for like two months you got now, a fat stack of boxes. I over know. There. Well, like when this giant stack of boxes over here and the and the giant orange amp are gone, mm-hmm. uh, in a month or so, that's where the drum kit is going to end up. Oh, okay. Living, you know, right. Right. and oh, the, you know, I've got got the drum kit here. That's also new. I'm still working on learning the Didn't drums. Did we talk about that last week? Yeah, uh, but one of the. The, the the big reason for having it is that Henry wants to learn drums. So yeah. obviously, you know, you know, so obviously over eager dad, like, well, so let's that, get you yeah. drums. You bought, you got drums. So Henry can learn the drums. And so how many hours a day does he play? And how many hours he, a day do you play? He actually like, he treats it like the trampoline. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, he, he's hanging around, he's watching TV and he's like, I'm going to go trampoline. And then he goes trampolines for 10 minutes. Now it's like, now he has another thing. Like I'm going to go play drums for 10 or 15 minutes and he'll sit there that's and he'll, way to do it. he'll work on stuff. You know, it's, that's, that's it's a, summer vacation. It's an excellent yeah. summer vacation thing for him to have, like to have this drum kit, just like go over there and hit stuff and get loud and whatever. Like yeah. it's, it's been excellent. When, when I was first learning guitar, cause people like, Oh, like how you must've spent hours and hours playing guitar. But when I was, you know, or how did you find people? How do you find time to do this? Like, I want to learn, but how do you find time? And I, when I had the most progress in learning, I did probably pick up the guitar every day. Yeah. But I would say on an average day, I played for, I played like two or three sessions of 10 to 15 minutes. Totally. And yeah. So I, I was playing in maybe 45 minutes to an hour a day, but I was like, Play it's it like in the morning before I went to school. Play it as soon. Play it when I got home from school before I did my homework. Do my homework. Play guitar for fifteen minutes. Eat dinner. Play guitar. Exactly. You know. Then, exactly. Like it was never like ded- trying to dedicate an hour. Sit down hour and, and do half your piano yeah. recital. And that's kind of how I've been treating it too. Like I sit down, I jam to like a couple songs. Yeah. I jam to a click track. I maybe spend 15, 20 minutes on it, and then I get up and I go do something. Mm-hmm. Or like my kids are like, "Let me play. Let me play." You know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we've been treating it. But what I, what I was leading to is it's going to end up living in here uh, where all these boxes are. And it might end up becoming like a silent uh, dinosaur ghost practice rig in right. here. Right. Where we can all plug in with headphones and we can practice without bugging neighbors and stuff like that. Right now we're about to lose our practice space because we've been practicing at my bassist house mm-hmm. and he's about to do a whole like ADU add on to his house. Oh. And so the room that we practice in is about to be a construction zone. Gotcha. So we might end up doing dinosaur ghost practices in here, which means I can probably film dinosaur ghost practices Yeah, and maybe get some, you know, like uh, low effort EP kind of new tracks out into the world or something like that. Some cool. really low effort little music videos or whatever. That's kind of my hope. We'll see what actually happens. So what's, I, what's I, new with I you? Got, Steve? Oh yeah. Uh, what's new with me? Uh, I have uh, two new pedals at home. I haven't had a chance to, to mess around with them yet. I've been mm-hmm. doing some other stuff, uh, but I picked up the David Ross instruments 
Uh, Spellbook, I think is the name of the pedal. I don't All even, right. I, honestly, I don't even offhand know what it is. What is it? It's just, it's spellbinding. It's mesmerizing. I, I don't know. I need, I need, should probably find Sounds out. like you should probably but, figure out what but, you bought. Steve. But uh, David David Ross is uh, is one of the guys in our in the community in, ah. the, in the gear community, and he's uh, he's got another pedal I think called the Winter Storm. I think is the name of that pedal. Um, and so he did this, and and because he had already had one product out, I felt comfortable supporting his Kickstarter to get the second pedal out. Uh, and then the other one I picked up is the Greer Super Hornet. Oh, which is, awesome. Uh, their Fox Tone Machine. Yeah, yeah. Style pedal. You always got to have uh, another Fox Tone Machine. Yeah, around. so now I own three Fox Tone Machines. <laughs> I. Uh, and I own four rats. There's like a very animal theme in the pedals. You got a real zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I own. I, I think I, I own at least two Fox Tone Machine pedals. I've got the Tysco and I've got the Foxy Box mm-hmm. from Warm Audio. I thought I had a third. They're, that's a fun fuzz circuit, though. Like, I, I love the Fox Tone Machine circuit. It's just such a nasty octave fuzz. And Greer, like, yeah. uh, if you've been on top of the group uh, or other places where people talk about gear stuff, Greer needs our support right now. So if you've been window shopping a Greer pedal... Whatever they make, whatever you want to buy from them, a t-shirt, a sticker, whatever they've got in their shop, now would be a good time. Go check it out. Uh, it, maybe things are better now, but uh, they, they were going through some family stuff where they could uh, use some support. So the, go look up that information. The Spellbook is lit, is described as a self-oscillating fuzz and distortion pedal that can also be used as a standalone synthesizer. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I need to plug this in because... You need to plug this in, Steve. Because I'm working All right. on some, See, some home music I think, project. I this is gonna sound crazy. I think you should try the pedal that you bought. Yeah, yeah, me too. He <laughs> paid money for this thing. I think you should go crazy and plug it in. Wow. See what it sounds like. So anyway, that that's what I got. Um that's it. That's All right. It. Do we want to tackle the topic? I think we need to do this last sponsor spot. Right. And with the topic, this episode's also brought to y'all by Chase Bliss. This is the Mood Mark II. Why just be in a mood when you can be in a Mood Mark II? Yeah. Yeah. Am I right? Like, if you're going to be in a mood, might as well be in a good mood with the Mood Mark II. Yeah. Or in a really, really, really like fundamentally healthy in an upsetting way, bad mood. You know, sometimes it's good to be in a bad mood. I'm just saying, and maybe the mood Mark two can get you in that good, bad mood. I don't know what that means. Something to think about. I have no idea what any of that meant. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So Craig Straub on our topic call out on the group, he posted a picture of an Epiphone uh, Valve Junior, which is oh, a one yeah. knob, one switch, one input amplifier. And uh-huh. all he said was simple amps. So let's talk about simple amps. Where is the line for you, Steve? Where is a line in between an amp that is simple and you like it and it's too simple and no thank you? Because I, I personally feel like a one knob amp is, is too simple. I, okay, I'm just going to go out here, and I'm looking around your room. I'm looking around your room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking around here. we got our eyes looking around at things. Yeah. Let's see what we see as here. As much as I love the control layout on the Princetons, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Say it, Steve. Lay it on me. Okay, you have one simple amp in this room. I only have one. You simple only amp? have one. Well, I do amp. have that little Wangs in a box up there up, somewhere, yeah. which is a two knob amp. Yeah, two knobs. I'm going to say volume and tone. I'm going to say your simple amp. You have the acoustic 150B over here. Ah, uh, volume Three. treble bass. I guess there is a there is a bright switch. That is pretty that's a simple. pretty simple. That is pretty simple. Um. But it's big. And but it's then I guess, like I'm saying, the two Princeton, channels on it. The Princeton's not simple, and all it has different is the reverbs and vibrato circuit. So maybe that's not fair of me. But also the Imperial, the guts of it. Like if you're on the lead channel, that's three knobs. There's. I don't even understand what's going on with that amp. <laughs> like my my my. Okay, my, I guess like with the Prince, my idea of like simple amp is: can I just plug into it? And start playing right away, and it's sure. gonna sound good. I'm thinking, okay, simple amps. I'm I'm thinking like a champ is a simple amp. Oh, a champ is definitely a simple amp. I'm thinking like a, a Princeton, not a Princeton reverb is a simple amp. Right. Just volume, bass, treble. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, do those have a trim? I think they might have a, a, oh, a trim. Yeah, section I'm not on. sure. Let's uh, um, let's find out. Okay, let's let's reframe this. What do you personally need in an amp where it's like, I, I, I would not want an amp with less than this. If it's going to be a serious amp in my life, we all, we, we all have these little like fun amps that we acquire over the years that have two knobs or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I'm talking like an amp that you intentionally have in your life as a practicing, maybe gigging, maybe recording amp. What are the basics? What are the most simple features that you require and desire. The Princeton does have the vibrato. Circuit. Okay. All right. Then it's not simple. That's Vibra- not a it's simple a vibrato amp. trim. It's vibrato. They call it vibrato, <laughs> but it's trim, right? Yeah. It's trim. It's, it's a volume modulation. Yeah. It's not a pitch modulation. Um, I need volume. Of I would course. say I need volume. And you don't want to just have a switch that goes on full power. Yeah, I would. I, in my, so what I have right now at home is the satellite Gamatron uh-huh. volume tone i've been very happy with that amp you're happy with that very happy with i feel like i'm i need more you need more what else do you need i don't i don't i'll use a simple amp like that i've had simple amps like that Mm -hmm. i need more tone control i don't necessarily need reverb is it is nice to have but you know a lot of my reverb sounds come with come from external units so Mm -hmm. it's like you know whatever but i feel like i need a volume, obviously. Okay. It w- it is nice to be able to dial in some gain and have a master volume. So pre-volume and a master volume. I like being able to dial in some dirt and having the volume at a reasonable level. Just get a smaller amp. I'm not a simple man when it comes to when it comes to amps. I like I like to have at least two band EQ. So there's four knobs right there. Two. So vol- you're saying you want basically you want volume. Two, two tone controls, treble and bass. Yeah, presume like uh, in a simple circuit, treble. And, and these bass. are just controls. Like, what if your tone controls? What if you had volume? What's your hold on volume? Okay, gain a mids knob and a mids frequency knob. <laughs> now we're, that's getting too complicated, Steve. Might as well give me like a six band EQ. You know, <laughs> give me the sliders. Uh, volume. Gain seven band EQ. 
That's how some of the like the acoustic three seventy, yeah, yeah. uh, I think, was basically like. Yeah, that. yeah. And weren't, weren't there carving amps like that or Car- PV amps like Car- that? There, Carvin had some amps with yeah. uh, with the sliders. Yeah, but didn't Mesa have a couple of sliders? Yes. Yeah. Early versions yeah. of the Mark. I yeah, think yeah. they eventually moved away from them, but Mark IVs sure or something. Early, I'm thinking the Mark II would have had it, right, and right. maybe the Mark III. Um, let's talk about some other features, like features, min- yeah. minimum controls. Sure, mm-hmm. like you know, I technically I probably could get away with a volume and a tone. And no, I like having at least two tones. I yeah. want bass and treble control. Right. I just do, and just assume that the mids are sitting there at a certain point, and I can boost the mids by mm-hmm. pulling back the other two. Here, here's something I'll say is an amp, I think, needs to have the right number of features for what it does. One of my complaints, uh, I used to own a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe mm-hmm. years ago, right? And now you just lease. Now, <laughs> and one of my complaints with that amp is it's designed to be a three-channel amp. It's uh, clean drive and more drive, more drive, mm-hmm. whatever. And one of the issues that that amp has, and I don't know if any of yours have this problem it looks like none of these ones do uh is it's a multi-channel amp with shared eq and so what Mm. i what i often found is that each channel uses the same eq right which is a problem because your clean eq is going to be drastically different than from your hyper dirty yeah yeah Yeah. that was a problem that i had i always felt like when you went into i mean this is going to almost sound sacrilegious maybe i would approach it differently with my with my here we go 23 ears right send your letters to steve not me with my you know 2005 ears uh but uh i always felt like if i dialed in the mids the way that i wanted for the clean channel the drive channel sounded scooped but if i dialed in the mids the way that i wanted for the drive channel then the clean channel was like boomy. Yeah, you have to choose which one so, are you going to use. So what I ended up doing on that amp that worked really well, but it's annoying, is I used to have the, the uh, now it's True Tone, Jekyll and Hyde, and I would use the Tube Screamer side with the gain turned all the way down just to get the mid bump from that Tube Screamer circuit. Right. And I would use that on the drive. And so anytime I engaged the drive, it was... I would hit the tube screamer and the the drive switch, which is kind of annoying to have to do. It yeah, sounded yeah. good in that setup, but uh, yeah, I think this is why I I like working with just a really simple clean amp, and then using pedals because mm-hmm. I'll I'll dial in the pedals to work with my clean signal, right? And then when I take out the pedals, the dirt pedals, then I'm left with my ideal clean sound yeah and so i'm adding in the gain into a good clean sound and when i want the clean sound it's there waiting for me and i'm not having to play this back and forth with the eq on the amplifier Mm -hmm. and stuff i think maybe that's where my trauma comes from (laughs) that prevents me from wanting to use amp distortion but something i wanted to circle back to uh, cause we're talking about minimum amount of knobs. Sounds like you and I would both be happy with like three or four knobs. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some other minimum requirements. I feel like for me, like a 10 inch speaker is the minimum. Like I've played 
amps that have eight inch speakers and they can be fine, but I feel like I get the most out of a 10 inch speaker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually prefer 10 inches over 12 a lot of mm-hmm. times. 12 just is too big. Too big. Uh, <laughs> it's uncomfortable, you know? No. And then also <sighs> wattage. What is your minimum wattage? I don't think that has to do with whether an amp is simple or not, though. I think it does. Wattage? My minimum wattage is 2.8 watts because that's what the amp I have at home right, that's is. Just, like, I mean, the, the, the Wangs that I have is, is a one-watt amp, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, I used to use the Wangs Mini 5, the, the Wangs Mini 5. I prefer Wangs. Uh, and I think that one, that one is... Five watts or one watt. I think there's a right, right, a, right. Because you've got to attenuate your five watt amplifier. So you know that that goes back to well. I mean, part of that is the whole conversation about. Um, I personally feel like somewhere around like it's got to be over ten. I feel like ten watts is the minimum for me, and there's just something about. The tonal characteristics of like super low wattage amps that I just don't get along mm-hmm. with, like five watt, one watt, seven watt, sometimes four watt amps. I don't know if any of those wattages exist in amplifiers, but the sub ten watt amps, they just there's not headroom. The the Wongs I have is only five. I'm thinking of the custom oh, okay. amp that I have. Right, right. That is either fifteen or four. Like I. It's not about volume. It's not about where it starts to break up. It's about headroom for me. Yeah. And yeah. you lose, like, they become very focused mm-hmm. and, like, tin can nasal in a way, but not necessarily nasal. But you know what I mean? Like, the EQ range of it and the the, the volume range of the EQ is, is very, very focused in these low wattage amps, which is great. Like, a lot of people use that to great effect. Sure. to get a very focused, very specific sound. But I like to have my amp breathe a little bit more. Just, I want to feel some bottom end. That's I want some yeah. clean bottom end. I want some mids that can push into getting a little bit saturated and gritty. And I want highs that sparkle and pierce. So what's your, what, what is the number that you're thinking of? for? This? I mean, the Princeton's feel like that's kind of 12, 12 Watts, 12 Watts is kind of where it is, you know, like er, everything I've played around with this, that's, under around that area, like it mm-hmm. just starts to get that character where I'm like, ah, I, don't, I can't get the range that I want out of this. I can say, I'll say that as far as church playing goes, the smallest amp I've used, I used to use that custom on the four watt setting. Uh-huh. But again, that's like a close mic it's where you're not four driving. Watt setting though, because you have the ability to, to pump up. No, I know. But I'm yeah. saying like just, is I, so I'm saying like, I think I could use the Gammatron in a mic'd church setting to great avail. But as far as like a club setting goes, I really think the perfect club amp for what I would probably be doing in the kinds of bands that I would probably be playing in, the amp that I would probably go towards would be some kind of deluxe reverb. Sure. So, which is, you know, a 20 watt, 22 yeah, yeah. watt amp. I mean, that's essentially what the Imperial yeah. is. Yeah. So I, I think I would probably be looking, I mean, again, like I used to play the Hot Rod DeVille out, um, but um, I guess, I, I guess, one. I guess with the. Uh, I had a Deluxe Reverb and I sold it because I liked the Princeton better. Mm-hmm. I should I should have kept it just 
to, just in case, just to keep it. Just, I got a good price on it, and I did make like two hundred bucks when I sold it. Nice. But if I had kept it, then I could make like six hundred bucks now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, thinking about like, but it would have been a good like benchmark amp to have. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I didn't have a YouTube channel yet. So right. you know, that's why thinking about like amps that I played live, like guitar amps. Um, obviously I talked about the hot rod deluxe. I used to play a Fender Princeton chorus, mm. which is a two by 25, but it, that this also gets into that whole like solid state versus tube. I used to play an acoustic one fifty. Uh, in the morning glass, I played an acoustic 150. Yeah, and that thing, you know, is 110 watts. I've been I've been using it for uh, for my uh, like post punk, yeah. like like gothy sort of band. Oh my gosh, it, I I don't think I've been I, I don't think I've had it up past like <laughs> two on the dial. Why, why you know? would you? It's it's a beast. Yeah, like, just the loudest amp um, ever. I used that and I used, I had that award session. That's an amp that's like a little complicated. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a very, and it's a very boxy. So that, to what you're saying with the boxy and, and the wattage limitation, sometimes that is a design thing because I always felt like that amp sound was very kind of boxy, like very sure, sure. beamy in terms of the way it threw the speaker. That's actually why, because I used that, that amp off and on with the morning glass and I just never, I felt like it was so loud but if you weren't right in the area that you were, oh, it was a laser, yeah, like you couldn't hear it. Like worse than the Hot Rod Deluxe because again, it's a it's a compact cabinet, seventy five watts, very loud, seventy five watts, a little complicated. But um, yeah, I just uh, again, like there's, I don't, wanna, I, I don't, I think I, don't I'm just, I think what I'm just leading. I don't think I like simple amps, like there's. Like an amp with one knob and one input. Right. No, I can't. Two knobs. I'm like, I'm going to look at it with a side eye. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Like, it's gotta I feel like I'm a three knob minimum guy. It doesn't, th it doesn't have to have reverb. It doesn't yeah. have to have tremolo. I do like those things, but it doesn't have to have them. Right. I'd prefer to have a master volume and a pre volume. So four knobs really feels the most comfortable. Have you ever played or have you ever spent much time on a high like a high output two knob amp hmm can you think of an example i want to say because um, that would be interesting i just I, I still feel like having eq control is pretty important to me like controls over the highs and the lows like right i'm saying maybe something like um the satellite neutron, how much power that's an 18 watt two knob job volume and tone. Man, head those things ain't cheap, are they? 1550. Yeah, for a head for a two knob head. Or this was actually the first one I thought about because I think this is 36 watt volume and tone. The, the satellite atom, I think that's the amp that I could be super wrong, but I think the satellite atom is what presidents was using. Yeah, I think so. Them yeah, yeah. Years ago. I think it was those. Is I don't know. A lot I, of the are all the satellite amps? Not all of them are two knobs. Some of them are three I knobs. Know. I, I think I'm putting my foot down. I'm I'm a three knobs minimum guy. Four knobs is is ideal and everything after that is gravy. Let's see. What three knobs does this satellite have? 
Volume, bass, and treble. There we go. Can you do that if it's if it can get if it can give me a good clean signal, then I'm probably fine with it. You know, wasn't wasn't the uh, the Earthquaker amp that they had? Wasn't that like one knob and like fifty oh, watts or something? Probably. I forget what that was called. <laughs> oh man, that was ridiculous. Uh, uh, it's called the sound projector. Oh no, it was three knobs. Oh, okay. I could, I could, I could do it then. <laughs> but it's still like this giant head with like three little knobs. It's a twenty-five watt linear Class A tube amp. Uh, I'm trying to see if it says what the knobs are. I mean, I would be very happy to have. I, I don't need complicated amps. But if you want to complicate any part of the amp, have it be the EQ section. Mm. Like I would be all for an amp that is pre-volume, 10 band slider EQ in the middle, then master volume. Like in my head, that sounds like a great amp. See, like I don't need send and returns because I just run everything into the front of it. I just need control over whether it's clean right. or it's dirty and the EQ. I think the EQ is where, like, the more EQ options I have, the less I want to own the amp. Really? Yeah. Well, I think I think there's, I think more. I think three. If you I, get into concentric knobs, then I'm just kind of like, uh, and also like, if you get into like the big metal heads that have like four channels and each channel has eight knobs or whatever, then I just look at it and, like scratch well, my head. Like, I don't about know. Put in a freaking. In a single like channel, EQ. in a single channel amp. Even with a graph, as soon as you hit graphic EQ, like uh, so, I'll say like where where I draw where, it's probably just a matter of the fact that I haven't really owned one long enough to deal with it, whether a pedal format or a guitar amp head or whatever. Is the whole like you got a like I said before, like you got a mids knob and a right. mids frequency knob. A lot of the Fender stuff they have the presence knob, so it's like okay, so now you've got one EQ section, then you've got this like post effects loop presence knob to fiddle around with. And I just volume bass treble, yeah, or treble middle bass. More than that, I've I just I don't know like I've I've had ones that were like mid. Remember that? So one of the reasons I moved away from it, remember, well, the, uh, one of several reasons. Remember I had that acoustic B three for a minute, that three hundred watt acoustic head for bass. Yeah, yeah, I had that thing, and it sounded really big. And I don't know that I ever really dialed I in a god about that. I don't know that I ever really dialed in a tone I was totally happy with for right. for multiple reasons. It had a limiter built into yeah, it. It was overkill. It had all this. I had all of the bells and whistles that like '80s guitar or '80s bass amps were starting to put into things. And I, again, I, I, I always felt like you know, there's so many controls here. I should be able to dial in, you know, the right mids and do the right bass cut and everything else to make this thing sound like a louder version because that's what I needed mm. of the acoustic 150 because it's. 300 watts versus 110 watts. So I should be able to get this. And it had drive on it. It had, right, a, right. It had a gain knob. So I should be able to, I wanted to mimic the drive that I could get that mid, that just mid burn tone of the acoustic 150 on bass. 
And after owning that thing for a while, also it weighed like 55 pounds. Like yeah. it was a head. I had that. And I, at the same time I had a neodymium I've 15 got, inch cab and the head weighed more than the cap. I've got a head here uh, that I, I'm not ready to talk about on the channel yet, but I'm going to show it to you when we're done recording. It's a, it's a ridiculous heavy beast. What? Yeah. And it's like, it's we'll, we'll have a whole conversation tonight. It's got so many. How do I not different know about tonal this? controls on it? You know about it. You just, I'm not going to say what it is right now. All right. So let, uh, let's move so, on. So I'll, we've done this to death. Yeah, let's, so let's do the last ad. All in I'm going to say to end that is I, after a few months, I went back to the 150 and I was like, this is fucking home. Right. Like crank. Yeah. Turn, turn. Oh, I love the 150. I wish, I wish that that guitar center wasn't ruining the good name of acoustic control. I wish that quilter could buy acoustic. Oh, I know. I wish they could make a little quilter oh style gosh. head with the acoustic aesthetics, but yeah. it's it's this big and it's three knobs, you know? Yeah. I mean, people have tried to take the 360 circuit and make it in, like take, because the 360 is a preamp. Right. Running into a powered two by 15, I think, or I don't remember what the amp of the 361 is, but no one's been in a position to mass produce that. And quilter is 100% right. probably the best company to do it that I'm aware of that, that could, that could mass market it. Right. 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 Um, and it's well, they're, just, they're just, they're, they're a company that is doing loud, solid state, yeah. clean amps justice. They're, they're doing the thing they are making yeah. that solid state, like ideal sort of sound that people who are solid state guitar amp nerds are into. Like there's quilters are like a, for how traditional, Surf rock appears on the outside. Mm -hmm. Quilters are a big deal in the surf oh, rock I believe community it. right now. Like I believe it. They they are like a go to for a lot of traveling yeah. bands because the amp can be that big, mm -hmm. and then you can just bring it and plug into a, a you know a backline speaker if you want to, or you can cart around a cab, but you don't have to bring a head. You don't have to worry about tubes and stuff. And for surf rock, you just need to be clean, clean, clean. Re anyways, re real quick, this should have been the topic. Uh, do you think that? That is driven. So in my head, the average in your head, yeah, I know. this was going to be quick in my, in, when I think about it and maybe I'm all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when I, when I picture like the average Tiki Oasis band, it's mostly dudes in like their fifties or older. So is that, first of all, is that wrong? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that's wrong. Okay. So my thought is like, those guys are probably looking for something that's good enough and lightweight, which is where there's like two quilt, quilter comes in. There's like two schools. Yeah, there's the school of the people who are like very very proud of their pristine vintage dual showmans. Yeah, yeah, and they have to cart them around in, mm -hmm. in cases and stuff like that. And then there's people that just do the quilter and like some ratty two by twelve. Yeah, you know, and then they have a surfy bear on the floor instead of having right. you know the whole so, uh, dual showman with matching Fender sixty yeah. fifty. So then my thought is, I wonder how much of the general surf culture is being driven by that fifty percent. That's like out there doing gigs with right. this very modern stuff because that's how everything's driven, really. Yeah, yeah, kind of in this business, I think. I mean, this the surfer jets. I, I I admire the way that they tour and gig. They 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 just work out backline for everything, mm -hmm. and they just each have their own guitar, and they have a little pedal board, and they just fly. 
Oh, that's cool. They just fly. They, they just, just like they just backline it. They're all. just backline everything. Borrow other bands stuff. Borrow drums and yeah. things like that. They're that's like, cool. We don't. We're you know they want to they want to tour around all over the states and Canada and they go to I think they've been to Europe and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. figured it out. They figured out how to how to travel light and still have their signature sound and look. And you can do it in a surf band because it's all clean amps. You know, you don't have to have a high super high character high personality amp. All right, Ryan. One more thing. All right. This is a custom-made, hand-carved <laughs> base. Good transition. Top of the line, electronics, geezer, butler's pickups, hand-carved and professionally wired, custom fender, jazz bass. This bass is one of a kind. This bass was made with the tone in mind, 100% geezer, butler, EMG pickups. I'm asking $4,000 OVO, and it's worth <laughs> it all day. I will take the best offer that is reasonable, in other words, Make a reasonable offer. So I'll break it down. Neck, 250. This is my favorite Body. part. Hold on. This is my favorite part that this person is doing the math on why it's worth $4,000. Neck, 250. Body, 250. Pickups, 275. Guts, $100. Skull volume EQ knobs, $100. $200 carving. A bridge, $200. Hold on. Hold on. All that so far... It, let's let's add that up. Uh, five hundred seventy five, uh, eight seventy five, nine seventy five, eleven seventy five, eleven seventy five for just the parts, right? Yep. Now for carving, he's tacking on fifteen hundred dollars. Does that even add up? Eleven seventy five plus fifteen hundred is no. That doesn't add up. Does not add up. Um, <laughs> the rest is for him. Like that's that's his commission. Uh, carving by Edwal Audion, an amazing artist who has been carving wooden pieces for many years, a man who had his own wood carving profession in India, and K. Robin Guitars wired the base and set it up. Also, I spent hours and hours staining and sanding and finishing it. So he, the guy who carved it, didn't even stain and finish it? Like, you're not... This isn't a completed piece by the carver, then. Like, then that's why so much of this looks so rough. Oh my gosh! Come on, dude. And I, I don't want to. I this 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 carver might be like a famous wood carver, but in this piece, I don't see it. I don't see why. Like it, it looks like it's folk arty. You know, there's not really there's. I was going to say there's not consistency, but there is. There's also metal spikes around the edge of this. I don't when know if you I caught that. When I Googled this guy's name, now there's so much chaos happening in here. But when I Googled this guy's name, all I get is a website that's clearly like not a real website with the title 92543 Women Seeking Men. Okay. Yeah. Th- this person, this carver is not on the map then. And it's, you, you can't charge $1,500 for a carving that isn't, I'm, I don't know, but I, I, I'm not getting the sense that it's a notice, a notable carver. Also like it just, it looks weird and bad and not good. Like there's a skeleton with, are those leg bones or are those arm bones like it's like there doesn't really seem to be a reason why those bones are there they're not connected yeah, there's like to a random, anything random spider some other random yeah. and then there's like there's 
You know, like the booths at at the county fair that sell random polished stones. Mm-hmm. There's three random polished stones epoxied or glued to parts of the bones for some reason. And it, it, all this just feels like no rhyme or reason. And I get the sense that the staining was done without any good consideration of the art. Cause the, he, he didn't stain this swoop here that there's three stars on. And I see there's other swoops that did get, did get stained over the staining around the spider is weird. Mm-hmm. The hot topic metal spikes around the edge, which are hard to see in the photos, but they are there is dumb. <laughs> the skull knobs are, are dumb too. I did find a website it's, for an Edward Adian wood carving. Um, I cannot tell because it's a very kind of, uh, I mean, who knows? It, the Generic, car- I would say. The carver might be like a legit celebrity wood carver, and I just, I just don't know, and I'm not understanding the style. But like this, they, this guy's price is absolutely ridiculous without providing any sort of actual history or provenance yeah. for what's going on here. Four thousand dollars, absolutely not. Fifteen hundred dollars for the carving. No, no way. Adding up the rest of the parts, you've mangled the body. Like the bot, like unless you can prove that that carving is actually worth that for, and there that there is a market for it. It's not that it's worth it. Is it like this, is anyone interested in this? Like the math does not check out. It's a Mexican base neck. It's a mangled body. It's mm-hmm. EMGs, which I'm sure are a a just totally fine set of EMG pickups in here. The heart, the bridge hardware looks, looks fine. It looks great. Uh, but I can't imagine paying more than 300, $400 for this. Yeah. And you'd have to look at it and be like, yeah, this fits my look. I'm going to have to scrape off those rocks and I'm going to take off the metal spikes and stuff like that. I just want the skull kind of themed base. I could get that. I could wrap my head around that. But for four thousand dollars is absolutely absurd. This, and, and this unless is, someone wants to inform me otherwise, you know, I, I've been wrong before. So this is tricky. I think that is the guy Edward Adavan. I'm not going to link because the website's kind of dead. Does he carve guitars? Um, he carves. His website has animal carvings, gun stocks, furniture, signs, and miscellaneous. When I look at miscellaneous, I don't see any guitars. Uh, it does. He does do some like right, serious he, he stuff. He carves logs into eagles, but and stuff. This seems like someone who's like maybe known in this specific part of New York. So it's again, it's kind of like goes back to like I'm sure if you were really into it and you went to the Del Mar Fair every year to look at like the student like the home build guitars, you could be like. Oh man, I can't wait to see what so and so right did, I get this, did for the fair this year. I get the sense that this guy is like a rustic chainsaw carver type guy. Yeah, uh, it looks like he carved this one like to the side as he was eating his sandwich. You know, no, it, it, this doesn't look. It doesn't good. look like. It looks like a test, right? Like someone handed him a, a guitar body, and he was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll doodle a little bit here." Eh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think carving guitars is for me. I like a bigger piece of wood to work with. And then they handed it to someone and they put it together. Like it's that's that's the sense I'm getting. Watch, this is gonna get back. I always feel bad critiquing, you know, 
like hand done carvings and art and things like that, it might end like someone might tag the artist or something. They're going to show up and defend themselves or they're going to feel, I don't want them to feel bad, but I don't, I don't think this is good and I'm sorry. So yeah, I don't know what, I mean, maybe this was like the request of the guy. I, who knows to be bad. No, to just like this general concept here. Like he, it, one of the photos on his site was carving a great big detailed Eagle. Yeah. The, someone who can do that didn't spend any real time on this. Right. This is a sketch. Well, and then, then that kind of like begs the question of like, is this like something where the guy just like begged him to do it? It might not even be really him. The guy selling this might be a liar. Right. You know, he might've just like, Oh, I, I, this, I know about this woodworker who comes and sets up a booth at the farmer's market. So it must be him because I'm local or whatever. So I'll just say it's him. I like talked to him one time. Like, he did like this. Yeah, press. look at that. Like this That's is pretty cool. The super high detailed stuff. Like the 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 guy who spent time working yeah. on that didn't spend any time working on this. And me, honestly, and so this he, is, they, he knew this was not his did, best. He work. did like a presidential seal. That's like pretty. That's it pretty looks, cool. It might as well be farted out by a CNC machine. It looks so clean. You know, and so and so maybe he does like the giant have to bear. Send me a link. I know you have to send me a link to this guy to this uh, site now. Yeah, this is this is his. So I can put up pictures. This is his Facebook page. Well, tag me. I'll, I'll <laughs> tag everyone, and I'll be there. Tag everyone. Um, what I was gonna say about it is, um, I mean, he's got like a public artist page, so okay, it's, it's meant to be. Browsed. All right, Steve. This episode's gone so on so long. Oh God! Let's why? vote. Let's vote. I'm going to vote for this. Good. I'm going to vote for the base. Mm. Do I? Let, let me look at what else we did. We did. Dude, the I, crackpot, really, I really wanted the to vote for the Epiphone. <sighs> this ha- we had some good ads. This one. You guys have been doing great sending us ads. Like there's, I'm like 400 behind because you send in more than we can use. But I've been I've been trying to get picky and be like, let's get to the real good ones. So I've been yeah. skipping a lot. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to try to get caught up by by skipping more and and get to the good ones oh there's gosh. been some good ones you guys like us us funding like a winner every week is drastically improving the quality of the show like this we should have done this from the beginning <laughs> we didn't have we were, we didn't have we 25 dollars we every week funded to do it from the beginning. <laughs> so Again, thank the you patreons, the patreons. patreons are heroes as far um, as i'm concerned thank a patreon thank you for your service patreons oh my gosh if so, if you see someone going around town claiming to be a Patreon, but you know they've never actually like Patreonized anyone, that's stolen valor. Not serious. All right, uh, this is hard, Steve. I'm in between the Epiphone and the base. P- convince me why the Epiphone? Because it's so bad. You're right. It's so it's the Epiphone. The Epiphone one. No, hold on, hold on. I gotta look some K Robin Guitar is a store. That's who's selling this this bass. I just wanna look at this just, better this better pay off, Steve. K Robin Guitar says money. Uh no, I just wanted to look up this store and see this is this feels like because then the thing is that oh it was wired at K Robin Guitar, which is the equivalent of me saying like, oh, this was wired at, at like Sure. You know, 
top or guitar trader or something. Any any tech can wire a guitar. Yeah. It's, it's like it's not like yeah. a, as far as I can tell, it's not like a famous. I can't even think of a premium guitar yeah. wiring. Like Gun Street is awesome, but you don't send them your guitar; they send you harnesses. Yeah. I think you know? if you were to, I mean, I think if you said like, "Oh, this was wired by like." Someone who's known from the Fender Custom Shop or something, or like like the 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 touring tech yeah. for this was this was Boston or this something. was wired at Manny's Music. Is Manny's Music still exists? I don't know. Sure, sure. But that, I, that you know, like a notable shop. If someone like was like, oh, this was rewired by Norm's here's, rare here's, guitars or whatever. So like, both the Epiphone and the uh, I'm going for the Epiphone and now. the bass. Where, well, I'm I'm going to stay with the Epiphone. The reason I couldn't feel good about the bass is because I feel like it was just very negative. Yeah. The Epiphone was also very negative, but at the end we put a spin on it and we said, you know what, Epiphone, you should bring back the scroll. Yeah, yeah. And we that basically laid out an entire business plan yeah. where in the next five years of Epiphone comes out with the scroll, they legitimately should probably be paying us. We should. They won't be. No, we should. They, get, they're going to steal this they idea. They should at least give us one each. Sure. Epiphone, Epiphone Gibson, if you if you if you got wind of this episode, us talking about the scroll Epiphone, and you're like, hey, that's a good idea, and you know, you know, if it was already in works, and this just is a coincidence. In that case, I understand it. But if you legitimately got the idea to bring back the scroll Epiphone because of this episode, do what's right. Yeah. Do what's right is all I'm saying. And I'm not saying shower us with money and gifts. We would accept them, but at least put a scroll in each of our hands and we'll gladly hold them up and be like, it's amazing. They did it. We love this so much. Like that would be the bare minimum. Epiphone and Gibson. We should have picked a different one because I don't, I still can't. I'm scolding them. To... I'm scolding them for stealing an oh. idea from us. And the idea is literally them making their own guitar. Um, we did not say that the hand carved bass was sent by Chris Fascinella. Thanks, Chris. It Thank was you, real Chris. Close. You got the spirit. It was just like, we just went so negative on it. I couldn't feel good about you know, it. It was a really good ad, but the other ad was a gooder yeah. ad. And it just, it, you know, it, it came with its A game, it was ready to play. And it had a lot of uh, conceptual energy behind it. So, yeah. I'm going to change the pronunciation. This time I'm going to say that the Epiphone scroll was sent by Kishti in Shetty. That's how I'm going to pronounce your name. Sure. It's probably wrong. Did we get close? Probably not. Um, But this week's song was sent by Rachel Hoots. Who says, I think you guys need more saxophone on the podcast. Ooh, do I ever bring it? Don't worry, though. There's plenty of guitar on here. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, uh, no. Hope you enjoy. I hope so, too. Let's download. I should have downloaded it earlier. Burr, oh, let's burr, go burr, quick. Burr, here we go. Burr, burr, Any burr, moment burr, now, burr, we're going to have this song here. Beautiful little ears. Here we go. Here we go.
delightful. Yeah, that's great. Little jam to end our podcast recording session on. It's so upbeat. Feels positive, but also has a, a bit of a like a, a serious vibe to it too. Yeah, thanks, That's Rachel. Nice mix of emotions there in that it little felt, ska uh, jam. It's like a very I was gonna say it's like a slowed down little ska. It's it feels like a lot of you know ska albums. They always had like a an instrumental track in um. Mm. This felt like the that instrumental that. track on a on a good ska album. Gosh, I missed cracking the the cellophane on a on a brand new ska CD. Yeah. And like finding out there's an instrumental in there, geez, dude, Dang. just unlocked some nostalgia. Ooh, You're all welcome. right, bye everybody. Stay grounded. <laughs>